You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the latest episode of Locked on Pac-12, where we keep you up to date on everything Conference of Champions. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. We're locked on Washington football today and I am your host, Cindy Robinson, joined by my co-host, Brian Brown, to break down what UW fans can expect this season. Brian, how's your week starting off? Yeah, yeah, you're going to hear my voice is a little bit weak today. I was at the Utah Jazz Memphis Grizzly playoff game last night. Ooh, so how I'm exciting. In, I'm in recovery mode a little bit today, but it's a great way to get my Monday going to talk about Washington and the Huskies and what the dogs are up to and what they're looking forward to. Okay, I know this is a Pac-12 podcast, but like, I'm not going to let you just bypass that. <laughs> How was the game despite missing Spider and yeah, you know, the loss. It was <laughs> it was it was a wild game. Like it, there was not a lot of flow to it. Like it was kind of ugly there for a while and then Memphis really jumped on top of the Jazz and then Jazz fought back and in the last 2 minutes everybody was standing and cheering and felt like like okay, we're back to normal. Uh 13,000 in the stands, which was crazy. Like I don't think I've been around that many people in the course of the last year and a half, let alone one moment so that was pretty pretty cool pretty exciting uh but yeah good win like john morant my man did it like he was unstoppable there in the fourth quarter and i guess you know if you're gonna let him get in the paint and shoot that floater every time good for him right yeah you're kind of asking for it i guess <laughs> yeah like don't let that man shoot so open but that like on a pack 12 tip like dylan brooks he showed out like he had a little turnaround jam on the, on the baseline like former oregon duck and and i think fans here in utah know him well from the legendary flop where he basically looked like he got shot even though there wasn't anybody within five feet of him <laughs> and so to pay homage to that i think he wore his oregon ducks green shoes last night and uh, drop 30 and just 31 31 yeah, put, the, put some respect on that man's name with the dagger and jazz fans hearts so you know just doing like he does representing the pac-12 like that it was a fun game though, a lot of fun okay so you're are you like optimistic about the rest of the series or you're a little nervous yeah i mean like you said no spider no like there was there were definitely points in the game where you could tell like the jazz were missing, missing his ability to create um and you know I, I like they didn't shoot well either like that happens from time to time when you're a team that relies on the three uh but yeah i'm optimistic and and you know that memphis is going to bring i will say this like the pac-12 was repping hard like kyle anderson was in everybody's face and when your nickname is slow-mo and you're out there repping like that like be proud ucla fans like he was he was a monster and obviously dylan brooks was good um you know so yeah, Matisse Thibault out there for the Washington fans since yeah. we are talking Washington. And there's, like, like watching him play defense is like watching Steph Curry, you know, when he's shooting. It's incredible how much attention to detail he puts into it. There's a lot of guys from the Pac-12 that are up. Oh, yeah, Washington. let's not forget the UCLA, Drew Holiday, um, Russell Westbrook. We also we always know UCLA has a lot of reps. And <laughs> unfortunately, that is the one thing they, they will for sure always have is some – players in the league <laughs> it's, that, it's that la base man they do a good job with it and uh, i think mick cronin's got them on the rise again they're gonna be dangerous next year 
All right, well, let's hop into this UW talk because I don't want to hold the fans up too much longer. Um, it pains me to say this, but UW is a favorite to win the Pac-12 North this year. And their biggest competition in the North obviously has, happens to be Oregon. Uh, we discussed them a few episode, episodes ago. Go check that out if you haven't, but let's get into this Husky offense. Uh, last year, they finished with the best record in the North, but because of COVID protocols, was unable to compete against Oregon or in the conference championship. So this year, I'm sure they're looking to get their vengeance. Um, let's Starting off with the offense, Brian, that QB situation, I'm not sure how spring went, like, in your opinion, do you feel like Dylan Morris has locked up that QB spot or if it's still up in the air about who will be the starter? I, you kind of have to wonder if maybe it is still up in the air just a little bit. Uh, but there is such a weird transition happening there right now with Washington where we've seen just a flood of guys hit the transfer portal. And, and so I think the whole entire place is kind of – uh, unease, right? Like you said, they're they're still projected to be the top of the Pac-12, and but there are a lot of guys that are bailing out, and so you have to wonder if if maybe they aren't putting everybody kind of on notice, more or less. Like you still have to earn your spot. Like you got to go out and get it every single day. Uh, you know, I think if he had earned it, they probably wouldn't announce it anyways, right? Because you don't want to put any of your other backups into a situation where maybe they're going to bail for the portal as well. And so you're going to stretch that competition out as long as you possibly can. But you have to suspect that he's the front runner at this point, right? I would think so. I know um, Husky fans were super excited about adding Sam. How do you say his last name? Heard? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. As far as his bloodline goes from with the Huskies, from you know his family, it's a big deal to have him. But he is a freshman and walking into it, it's like, look, if you can get a true freshman to start and take over at, at the quarterback position, great. But it's not likely that you usually want to put that pressure in a freshman's hands, a true freshman's hands, right off the bat. So it would be ideal to have Dylan Morris starting and then having the backup be Sam or the Colorado Colorado State transfer, Patrick O'Brien. Yeah, and I think there's some some savvy to, to starting out this season with a guy who's got some experience and letting Sam kind of break his way into it. Things, um, you know, he is a tremendous prospect. Some of Brock Heard, who is a, a Washington legend, a, a broadcast, well-known broadcaster in the college football space. So you know that he has football acumen, but there's always a level of adjustment. And I think it's good that he got there early and got in there for spring ball. But at the same time, you know, I think with this team, given the expectations and everything like that, you're going to want somebody that has some experience. So that's why it makes sense to have Dylan Morris, your guy. And, you know, I think that the easy part about it is if if things start to change or if he struggles, like that's an easy change to make. Right. Like changing quarterbacks nowadays, it's not a big deal. Like we see Nick Rolovich do it almost every game, sometimes every other series. And, and he's managed to do it well and keep all of his quarterbacks on board as he was at Hawaii. And now we'll see what happens at Wazoo. Um, but I think that's this team and, and this program has always been built around a couple things, right? The defensive foundation and, and protecting the football and using running game and tight ends to move the ball down the field. And I think Dylan Morris is still the guy that gives you the best opportunity for that. And something that we've discussed um, when we were talking about, you know, the transfers and how, you know, there was a lot of transfers out of Washington was that 
their offensive identity is still kind of unknown in a sense. We know they like to make use of their tight ends and obviously more than any other Pac-12 team. Uh, But this year, I feel like if it is going to be a win for them, they need to find a way to score more. They do, and and I think the big the big story for them is just the loss of wide receivers, right? Ty Jones gone through the portal to Fresno State. Puka Nakua, who was a highly highly regarded and a, and a really important get in the recruiting game, now transfers back home to BYU, and and so I don't think by any stretch it, are the uh, the cupboards empty at all. But they're going to have to find a way to get some production because you can't just win in the Pac-12 on defense alone. And even if that team is very defensively sound, which they always are, uh, it'll be fascinating to see what the scheme is with them, right? Because we're seeing a team that's kind of in transition in terms of coming over from Chris Peterson and his shifting style where they like to use movement, they like to use motion, and they like to use a lot of the shift game to, to, to really enable the running game. Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do now under head coach Jimmy Lake, uh, new, uh, I shouldn't say new, but offensive coordinator John Donovan is probably going to start to put more of his own wrinkles on the program as well. And and that's all going to kind of play into this factor of finding a way to re kind of reestablish their identity. And if you do end up turning the reins over to Sam Heward, like, does that change what you want to do now? Because he is a little bit more of a prof- prolific thrower or, do you still want to stick with your bread and butter, which is the run game and, and a lot of you know pull, trap, counter, that kind of stuff? I, yeah, so on the receiver front, they did get a new receiver in Jalen Polk um, out of Texas Tech. He transferred in. He has four seasons left, I guess, considering the for the, because of the COVID year. So he would be a great addition in a sense. I mean, he's fresh. He's young. He's someone you can still develop and work with. Um, he had no no pa- uh, no dropped passes last year. So, look, there's there's a little bright hope in the receiver area. Just I think it all matters. It'll come down to how they develop that offense and actually make use of what they have. Yeah, and, and they still got a couple guys in the portal that they're maybe hoping to get back in Austin Osborne and Jordan Chin. Although it does seem like the prevailing thought with uh, almost every coach these days is once you're in the portal, you're you're off our squad except for USC, right? Like I think Clay Helton's out there giving everybody second and third chances right now, which, uh, I mean, if that's your boss, like you love that, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, well, coming up next, we're going to discuss this defense. But before we get into that, Personally, I'm not a smoker, and we're talking about athletes, and most athletes aren't smokers. But I do have quite a few, include uh, like that I know, including my family, some family members. So I am really excited to introduce Lucy Nicotine to them. It's a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative, which seems really cool. Finally, there's tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Lucy was researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. And they have a nicotine gum and a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine in each one. So they each come in three different flavors. The gum has winter green, cinnamon, and pomegranate, and the lozenge has cherry ice, citrus, and mint. So, I mean, it's 2021. Like, get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or, or lozenges. Lucy offers delivery straight to your house. So you can go to lucy.co and use promo code 
Locked On College to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, but this is supposed to be a better alternative and worth trying. So you guys go ahead and use that promo code locked on college to get 20% off your products. Yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, college football is addictive, but Pac-12 is the better product to be addicted to, right? There you go. <laughs> March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, moving on to the defense, uh, we t- you said this just a few minutes ago that usually Washington's team is surrounded by a good defense. Like, that is their bread and butter. Um, they do have a new defensive coordinator, the former, I guess is, he's new in that role, but not new to the team. He's like the former linebacker coach, Bob Gregory. But big L they're taking in Losing the linebacker, Zion Tupuola Fetui. Whoa, nailed it. First try. Look, I'm getting better at these names, guys. I, it probably wasn't perfect, but it was, like, close, you know. Um, but, unfortunately, ruptured his Achilles tendon, so they're already, they already know he's out for the season. Um, but plenty of defensive talent available there. Yeah, and, and it's honestly the biggest shame of that is everybody who gets to watch him, right? Because he's such an impressive player. Uh, I think he and Kayvon Thibodeau are up there as some of the top defensive players in, in the Pac-12, uh, you know, and, and super exciting to watch. Now, if you're a fan of an opposing team, that's real good news for you because he was just shredding up defenses last year. Uh, but ZTF, as I have to call him because I'm not as good at, at just nailing that name like you are, uh, definitely going to hurt, but... Uh, there still is plenty of uh, talent up there on the, you know, on the, on the beach, I guess, in Seattle. I don't know. What do they call it in the panel? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know because I'm not. I don't make it a point to know what UW <laughs> refers to there. I don't care about them. Okay, we are Washington State Cougars over here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think it is like the dog pound. The one thing that. UW fans can look forward to our newcomers that could possibly help. They have the cornerback Brendan Bookie Radley Hiles from Oklahoma. Um, he has two years of eligibility left, and he's expected to compete in that nickel spot. And then defensive end Jeremiah Martin, who was a four-star recruit that never quite played up to his potential, but Huskies are looking to develop him. So there's some bright spots there, although they have that loss. They do, and and this is it. Like their four three four system, it really puts a lot of predication on the linebackers to be really good. Uh, so you're gonna have guys like Jackson Sermon that are gonna step up, Savelle Smalls. Uh, you know they're always good in the backfield. I think Asa Turner is probably one that I look at and think to myself, okay, that's gonna be you know a big impact guy. The corners are almost always reliable. I, I think the addition of Hadley uh, Radley Hiles. 
um, you know, Buki, as they like to call him, <laughs> coming from Oklahoma, coming back home to the West Coast. He's a dude that plays with a lot of physicality and, and a lot of uh, passion, and I think they'll find a way to use him very positively. Uh, there is still a lot of talent here. I mean, you've got guys like MJ Tafisi, uh, you know, who's a second-string linebacker, but he, you're going to see him have an impact too. And when you have guys even throughout the two deep who can go out there and play and have an impact, that's super impressive on defense. And, and you know, it's at the end of the day, it's always a Jimmy Lake defense, right? So they're going to be physical. They're going to play with attitude. They're going to make you make plays. They're going to, you know, they're going to be physical up at the line of scrimmage, and then they're going to force you, uh, you know, to make mistakes in the zone and that's really where they're going to make you pay and uh i think that's likely what's got them you know as the favorite or one of the favorites in the north so i want to talk a little bit about um bob gregory again he like i said he's new in that role but not new to the program how do you feel like taking over that role will benefit the team seeing as it is someone who's already familiar with the system I think that's a big part of it, right? And I think when you're a head coach that comes from a defensive coordinator position within the program, then it's it's still your defense. And we've seen that for now going on however many years with Kyle Whittingham. It feels like 100. You know, it's, it's 15, 16, uh, that many. But it, where it's always his defense. So it's always going to be Jimmy Lake's defense. And so you want to have somebody in there that knows and understands Jimmy Lake, is willing to understand that he's always going to have the final say on things. And, you know, college football coaches are, are egotistical people no matter what. And, and sometimes those egos can butt heads. But if you have somebody who's been there and worked with the head coach, knows what the expectations are, knows when to kind of stand up and when to s- sit back a little bit, I think that's much better chemistry-wise. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how well he does in implementing the game plans. He's got experience because he was a special teams coordinator before that. And I feel like, you know, off the top of my head, it does feel like Washington's had pretty good special teams in the past if we're just going off based on results. Uh, But being in the program, having a relationship with the players, you know, I did mention that there seems to be a lot of guys that are leaving the program, but I think more than anything, what that's indicative of is that they're being very definite with, hey, you're going to have an opportunity to play, and you are not when they're talking to these these players individually. And if you're not going to have an opportunity to play, they're going to let you go. Um, but it also just means that they probably have a lot of talent up there that they're really satisfied with. For sure. All right, well, overall, I would say UW is in good hands defensive-wise, which I hate to say. That means my Cougars are going to have a time – yeah, at the Apple Cup. Not even going to discuss. I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to hold you. It's been a, a rough few years being a Cougar fan and watching the Apple Cup go up in flames. So let's just hope this year that something happens in our favor. I'm not rooting for you to have fans. I'm sorry. I'm not rooting for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you got to understand when it comes to this podcast, we all have our allegiances, right? At the end of the day, my heart always bleeds red for those Utah Utes. But at the same time, I can respect uh, some of these outside teams. And, and, you know, what's really fun about this is that now you've got two programs with Jimmy Lake and and Nick Rolovich, new relationship. It's not the same. Uh, Chris Peterson kind of always owned uh, Mike Leach. You know, there's a new dynamic and a new opportunity to create some memories. All right, well, next we will hop into that schedule a little deeper and see who else besides the Cougars may give the Huskies a little fit next uh, this upcoming season. But before that, let's talk about Bill Barr, your favorite. Bill Barr 
has the most amazing flavors, nine different ones to choose from. So if you are someone who likes to explore and be adventurous when it comes to your protein bars, Built Bar is the one you want to go with because they have a variety for you. And you can go ahead and order the mix box so then you get two of each flavor and that way you can mix it up. But if you like specific ones, they have those two coconut, chocolate, uh, brownie flavored, a salted caramel, a cherry if you like fruitier flavors, whatever the case may be. Uh, Brian, which one is your favorite? Let us know. Uh, my favorite is Cherry Barcia, without a doubt. Uh, Cookies and Cream, another good one that they kind of keep on the on the on the special side of things. A sneaky favorite is the double chocolate. Oh, okay. So all these flavors sound amazing, right? Sweet and sound like candy but the plus side here is it's healthy for you it has 17 to 18 grams of protein low in sugar low in carbs all the stuff you need to make sure you're still staying healthy but have good flavor um, go ahead and try built bar you can head to builtbar.com and then try the um promo code for your first order it is locked 15 for 15 percent off your first order so go ahead and do that and let me know how you how it tastes go ahead and hit me up on twitter and let me know how it tastes All right, now on to this schedule. I am not going to lie to you. I am so irritated looking at this schedule because it looks off a of first look and off a of first glance, it's going to be a cakewalk for UW. And that's not fair, okay? I, I think they need more of a challenge. I'm a little upset, but let we'll roll with it. Um, they're opening up at home against Montana which, I mean, I know a lot of people like to schedule those non-conference games as somewhat gimmies, but this is kind of random. At the end of the day, Montana is could come and, like, work UW, and then it would be a shocker to them because there's a chance they come into that game with a little bit of, oh, we got this in the bag, and you may not have it in the bag. I'm very big on not underestimating any opponent. Yeah, Montana is a program that comes from a lot of you know, a lot of tradition, a lot of history, and you know, as a an FCS school, that they're going to be fired up to get in there. And it, it, you know, Husky Stadium is amazing. Like, like I've been lucky enough to go to a game there. And <laughs> sorry, I just rolled my eyes. Like, I, I'm sorry, I have all this hate for you, though, but not really. Like, I'm, I'm gonna stop playing. <laughs> Proper hate. It's it's rivalry hate. Right? Yeah, Sports you know. Hate. But like that's the thing is that if if you're Washington, you got to be prepared for that, and you've got to go out and execute because this is a team that's going to come in with a lot more to gain than, and you have a lot more to lose. And and you know I think those situations you always always have to keep on top of things. And you know it's always fascinating to me with a coach that's kind of going into it for the first time. And I know that Jimmy Lake did it last year, but last year was so different with COVID. They only played five games, four games really, and and it was all conference stuff. Like it'll be interesting to see how they prepare for that and and, and how he does getting him ready for it. And the other aspect too is that is you're looking at Montana. There's another big M just right down the road next week that I'm sure some of those guys are going to be looking ahead towards. Yeah, for sure. So following that game after Montana is Michigan. And now this one might be a little bit of a, I'll say a challenge for the Huskies because it is at Michigan. 
So in Ann Arbor, you know, Michigan is a good team. It's a it's a great Big Ten representative, although they can never beat Ohio State, but that's another story. Um, definitely will be some competition for UW and getting them ready for the conference play. And they'll finish those non-conference games with Arkansas State back at the Husky Stadium. Now, when they get into conference play, um, again, although I do say this looks like a cakewalk for them because, yes, if you're looking at the logistics of things, they should win these games. At the end of the day, conference play, you just never know who will decide to, you know, switch up and actually be better than what they were projected to be. So they start off with Cal um, at Husky Stadium again. So one of the things you pointed out with us looking at this schedule is that there's a lot of good games for the Huskies at Husky Stadium, which will end up being beneficial to them because, you know, once you get into like September, October, the weather in Washington is unpredictable. You're playing in rain, crazy winds, and someone like, I mean, someone coming from Cal may be okay because we get a little crazy weather in the Bay Area. But um, other ones like UCLA, you know, it might be a little struggle for them. So, yeah, the few games that are played at Husky Stadium, let me, let me break this down for y'all. Cal, UCLA, Oregon, ASU, and the Apple Cup, all at Husky Stadium. Talk about unfair. The, the schedule sets up nicely for them. They've got two Friday games, the last one being at Husky Stadium against uh, our, our beloved Cougs. We can say that, right? Yes. I'll be, I'll be an official <laughs> Coug fan. For there we go. I, I brought them to the dark side, y'all. <laughs> Jumping in. The only other Friday game they've got is at Arizona in Tucson, you know, middle of October. But that's coming off of, you know, uh, that'll be coming off of a big week at home at, at UCLA. They've got that bye week in there between Oregon State and UCLA. But this really is a favorable schedule, like you said. Like, they don't really leave the Pacific Northwest even until October 22nd when they have to go to Tucson. I mean, they do play at Oregon State, but that's almost like a bus ride for them, right, to go down to Corvallis rather than having to actually load up and go somewhere else. And, and so all that kind of stuff is real nice. Outside of, you know, going to Michigan, playing in the big house, I'm sure that'll be a big deal. But then you're back home basically for, you know, four weeks almost straight. That's a really nice set up to have as you're going through you know that part of the schedule in the end of september into the beginning of october facts and so we are well aware of the biggest competition for UW will be oregon ducks and then asu yeah no oh, usc no utah on the schedule man i'm telling you they got it too easy this year i i, I don't know who made this schedule but i don't know i feel like it was it was like tailor made to give them this this year this season because Maybe because they didn't get to, you know, actually appreciate their wins last season. Maybe that's what it was. They were trying to be nice. Pac-12 was being very generous to UW. I, I don't know. I don't like it. I know that much. I don't like it. It was a nice parting gift from Larry Scott to the Washington Huskies. <laughs> more. Here you go, guys. Well, besides that, um, I definitely think around that time that they faced the Oregon Ducks and ASU Sun Devils, it will be – clear in a sense of what those standings are i definitely expect oregon and uw to be going neck and neck for the pac-12 north and then asu will be you know trying to compete to hold on to winning trying to win the pac-12 south and beat out usc so definitely interesting towards the end of the season honestly though if uw is upset by any of those earlier games um it will be interesting to see 
Yeah, it will. And I think this is goes back to what we talked about a little bit with wanting Dylan Morris to be the starter and maybe bring in Sam Heward a little bit slower just so that you can kind of get through it. But you've got a nice, easy slate there. So if you're going to give Sam a chance, you've got some opportunities. You know, Depending on how things go against Montana, he might get some second-half action. Same with Arkansas State. That's a tough travel game for Arkansas State. And then you're into your, your Pac-12 schedule by uh, September 25th when you're taking on Cal. But no USC, no Utah, traditional Pac-12 South foes that you've had contested battles with uh that makes it nice you don't have to worry about going to utah in november which i think every pac-12 program hates to do it uh so that's you know one of those things where it does really set up nicely for them now they do have to go to colorado on november 20th uh up in boulder at altitude in the cold weather that's one to kind of keep an eye on especially towards the end of the year as you're looking forward to the apple cup but it is a favorable schedule, and, and you can almost guarantee that Oregon, Arizona State, probably that UCLA game, all going to be national television games, so they're probably going to get good time slots for those. And, and No Pac-12 be, after dark. No, no, and, and that's, I mean, it's a shame for us, right? Cause it's <laughs> always more fun when when, uh, when there's a little more Pac-12 after dark action. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really favorable path for them and, and just – you know, I think the one thing to kind of look at that fascinates me is that you're going to hit that Oregon game in November 6th. You've got it at home, but it is later in the year. So what kind of impact are injuries going to have on both of those teams? What's the development going to look like? And having that game that late in the season where it's likely the two kind of titans in the north coming at each other, I think that's going to be a really hype game. You know, So you'll have that one and then have to go and play Arizona State next week. That's That's a little bit of a, like, a tough one, but at the same time, they get to sleep in their own beds for the next two weeks there, so it's nice. Yeah, you dub fans, you know. Good. We're gonna good. hear from we're gonna hear from Husky fans after this one, right? Like they're gonna come at us. They're probably gonna uh, honestly hate me, um, and I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Bring on the hate. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I, you know, I competed for the Cougars, so I've dealt with the hate. You know, I understand it. I'm not even phased by it. You can't can't hurt me. <laughs> Listen, like y'all live those good lives up there in Seattle, like all the good stuff going on with you. You can deal with a little bit of uh, a little extra friction from the rest of the Pac-12, right? I mean, at this point, looking at the schedule, they don't have any worries. So good for them, but also hating at the same time. Um, we'll make sure to keep you guys up to date on everything going on as the season unfolds. Um, until next time, though, thank you all for listening. Make sure you check out today's Locked On Today podcast. Uh, the Knicks were left stunned and Father Time lost at the PGA Championship. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You can also follow Locked On Pac-12 podcast, podcast there. And then um, Locked On Youths podcast there as well. Make sure you guys go check that out. And then you can follow Locked On Pac-12 on Twitter at LO underscore Pac-12. I still don't have the keys to that yet. I'm going to have to get the reins so I can stop sharing my Twitter because I don't really tweet. <laughs> but if you really want to follow me, underscore Cindy Robinson. I'm kind of getting into the playoff tweets a little bit. Uh, might hop into some of this baseball Twitter because I was watching Pac-12 baseball yesterday while I was working out. It was, uh, I want to say, Stanford versus Oregon playing. I was like, okay, look at them. Um, but, yeah. 
definitely you can you can interact with me there if you have some hate to send my way or just want to talk to me i'm there i will respond and you can follow brian at at brown bear slc uh where you're gonna get all the food and jazz takes that you can possibly handle right now and maybe a little pack 12 and utes mixed in as well who knows there we go thank you all for listening and make sure you guys stay locked on to locked on pack 12